You're listening to How to Do Everything, but we're not the only show produced by NPR. Uh, This week, we're going to remind you about Fresh Air with Terry Gross, one of our favorite shows. Definitely the show that I catch, that I will sit and listen to in the car long after the car has run out of gas. A show that uh, I used to produce when I was smarter before this. You can find Fresh Air's podcast at npr.org slash podcasts or on the NPR One app. My parents were really proud of me back then. Really? Yeah. How do they feel now? At that point, they don't speak to me. Something I think is weird is I have not taken a test of any kind uh, for at least 15 years. Mm -hmm. But I still, and I think a lot of people, still, I still have nightmares about taking tests. I have those too. Which just, I, I feel like, shows you that the anxiety that comes with test taking is is so profound that you never forget it. On the line with us now is Ben Ashton. He's a student at the University of Exeter in the UK. Ben is currently taking these stressful exams, and he has a way to uh, relieve some of that stress. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, the Students Guild put on a stress relief um, event one day where they brought in micro pigs, um, and you can just come out of the library and tug a few micro pigs. <laughs> <laughs> what what is a micro pig? A micro pig it's um I mean to put it simply it's a very small pig. <laughs> but it's rather than rather than a baby pig, it's sort of they're genetically different, so their maximum size is you know, the size of an average cat. They're very, very small. Oh my gosh. Wow. They're they're adorable. So they, they are adorable. <laughs> so you could just kind of like hold them. Uh, oh yeah. Almost like a baby. They fit in your forearm. And how, so did you take part or did you take advantage of the pigs? Yes, I went down twice actually because <laughs> I was on campus most of the day revising for an exam I had coming up. So um, I went down one time in the morning with my friends and then in the afternoon when I was working hard and I needed a break, I thought, you know what, I'll go down again because it was quite a nice break and it was really relaxing and quite fun. So te- tell me in terms of the, the stress relief, if you can... Talk about your emotional arc, like how you felt before uh, interacting with the pig and then how that changed by the time you were, you were done. Yeah, I mean, well, beforehand, when I was just revising the library, you get to a point where your brain almost shuts down and you're just sort of winding yourself up and you're quite stressed. Um, but going just to interact with the pigs, even just standing there and watching them, sort of the emotional stress levels dipped hugely. And then... Once you got there and you were just sort of playing with them and hugging them, it just, everything calmed down. And even afterwards, I'd go back and sit down. And it was almost as if, you know, I'd been doing yoga or meditation or something. I'd, my whole stress levels had just disappeared. And once I sat down back to revise again, it was a lot more productive than it would have been beforehand. Hence why I went back down again to play with the pigs again. Do you think, um, when was the last time you had bacon? When was the last time I had bacon? A long time ago, actually, about three or four months. So, okay, so you haven't had it since you've had your interaction with the pigs. I wonder if bacon will uh, not taste as good to you or if eating bacon will, will kind of put you in a similar state of, uh, you know, that meditative, relaxed state. It might do. I mean, as a psychology student, I can see where you're going with the association of bacon maybe bringing me into that same state. Um, I, d- I don't know whether I might feel slightly guilty after playing with the micro pigs. Yeah. Um, 
but like I said, I haven't had it in a long time, so I don't feel I don't feel the need for it. But again, it might put me in a similar state. I think the best thing to do would just be for more micro pigs. Well, good luck with the rest of your uh, exams, there, Ben. Thank you very much. Now, you probably don't have access to a micro pig, or really any pig, probably, but you still need to get rid of your stress. So what we should do here is, um, as a podcast, uh, make an audio micro pig. You know, there are just a few days left in our exclamation point fast. We have gone four weeks at this point without using a single exclamation point. Now, it's possible you started after we did. Uh, If that's the case, just go ahead and uh, press pause right now. Sit there quietly for, you know, two to four weeks until you're done. Dave is doing the fast. He says he was doing great, but he runs the teleprompter at a TV show and ran into some trouble. I copy and paste the um, script into it. Okay. And I didn't realize it until we started learning that there's an explanation point in it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm reading along and thinking, did I just use an explanation point without realizing it? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think given that it was someone else's words... We can definitely give you a pass on that. Okay. Well, Dave, uh, I guess good luck with the rest of the fast. I think we're almost at the end. We are. So hopefully this won't be an issue for you going forward. Well, hopefully. There's only one more show in the season, so. (laughs) That's good. So you may be struggling to make it through these final days without using an exclamation point. Laura here uh, can help you. Okay, so my trick to no exclamation points is to put a shortcut in my iPhone. So whenever I post two exclamation points, it turns into a period. So I found myself, uh, I like to do more than one exclamation point, and then automatically it reminds me, nope, that's not okay. And then I also (laughs) added in yay, yes, wow, and took away the exclamation points on all those words too. Wow. You know, a while back, uh, Mike stole my phone and changed it so that whenever I wrote my name, the word Ian, it changed it into, I love you. (laughs) I don't know how many emails I sent that I ended uh, with, I love you. Well, that's a sweet thing to say at the end of an email, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, it was just, it was kind of a nefarious use of the same technology that, that you, Laura, used for good. Yes. Okay. So we're going to finish up our fast at 12.01 a.m. on May 23rd. And, uh, I'm already thinking about that first exclamation point I get to use and what I'm going to use it on. You may also be thinking about what you're going to use that first exclamation point on. We would love to share that moment with you. You can leave a message at 1-800-GAG-AXE-5. That's our number. So think about that first exclamation point, what you want to say. Call in 1-800-GAG-AXE-5 and say it. Hey, Danielle, what can we help you with? Um, so I was wondering, how can I become a fossil? Um, what's the best way and when, where can I place myself to 
ensure that, you know, maybe I'm found by people and that I remain a fossil and become fossilized. I wonder, uh, Danielle, if it would work if you were to just stand under a volcano and let the lava wash over you and then you'd be preserved like the people in Pompeii for mm-hmm. for thousands of years. I I might be willing to do that um, once I come to a good point in my life and I feel like I'm ready to become a fossil. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice, though. We, I think we probably shouldn't condone that. It would be nice if <laughs> you could come to your natural end and then the fossilization would take, take place. Right. The, the process wouldn't shorten your life. Right, right. Is there anything, you know, I think about the, the findings of... Uh, or early man, and um, sometimes the the remains were found with objects that taught us something about the time in which those those people lived. Is there anything uh, you'd like to be fossilized with? Hmm. Maybe I'll put my dog next to me. Oh, I'll, oh. I'll put her there a couple years before me. You know, she'll probably die before I do. Showing future man that we were, you know, communed with animals. Conquered the beast. Yes. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I want to be like a mummified fossil or maybe like just my bones. Either way, either way is fine. How would you, would you feel good about having your brain sucked out through your nose? I think I'd be okay with it. I don't think I'll need it. Yeah, yeah, you won't. Well, uh, we're going to look into this, Danielle. All right, sounds great. I hope you guys find a, a suitable answer. Well, stay alive at least until we do. I will try my hardest. So I, I think we have someone who can help. Sure. The Field Museum is right here in Chicago. They have a lot of fossils. On the line with us now is Emily Grassley. She's from the Field Museum. Emily, what is step one for Danielle? Okay, so if if Danielle wanted to become a fossil, I would recommend to her that she die in a place where she will uh, be buried very quickly uh, upon dying, either by water or sediment or a landslide or falling in a bog or something similar. So she'll probably need a little bit of external help uh, to make that happen. Uh Um, But the main goal is to um, be buried so that you can't be scavenged because, you know, you want to remain intact. And once you die, it attracts all sorts of predators and insects that can quickly disarticulate you and and disperse your your organic matter all over the place. So being buried uh, uh, keeps you intact. And then... From there, uh, a lot of additional pressure helps, which is why it's good to sink to the bottom of a big lake or be buried in a heavy landslide. Um, The additional pressure just helps to keep everything a little bit more compact. And after that, you kind of got to wait a couple, you know, tens of thousands or millions of years as water will introduce new mineral deposits into your organic material, which um, will help solidify uh, you into a fossil. Is there anything that uh, Danielle could uh, include in her um, her corpse that would uh, <laughs> identify her? You know, um, a thousand years from now, or you know, however many you know millennia in the future. Because what happens is they they find these bodies and then they give a name to it, like Lucy. Mm-hmm. But this is Danielle. Yeah. Like, how could she? Could she just have her driver's license? Would that withstand all the pressure of you know? sediment piling up and things like that? You know, as much as I think plastic sticks around for quite a while, uh, we haven't been able to solve that. I don't know that I would rely on a plastic like a driver's license. Uh, It's hard to say with metals that could rust, they could easily disintegrate. I think her best bet would to get some sort of identifying marker carved into her skeleton. 
that would probably be the best way to ensure that some sort of mark uh, was solidified in the in the mineral uh, deposit aspect of the fossilization process. If I could ask Danielle a question, what kind of what kind of mineral would she want to be fossilized into? So at the Field Museum, we have um, the vertebrae of a plesiosaur that uh, is opalized, so that you know. you know, the the rock, the opal, uh, actually was responsible for, for replacing all of the organic material in that. So that was pretty cool. It's, you have a, a gemstone and uh, and a piece of a dinosaur, or in this case, yeah, plesiosaur, uh, all in one. So that'd be pretty cool. I want an opalized skeleton. Yeah. Could you, I mean, would anything, like, could you potentially have, like, a gold fossil? I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder if wonder if gold is too soft of a mineral. If you could pick a pose for Danielle to uh, be cast in as a fossil, what pose would you choose for her? What pose? Oh, man. There are so many options. It depends on how good she is at yoga, I suppose. Mm. Um, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe lovingly embracing that dog of hers. That'd be sure. pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the future you could think either oh she loved that animal or she died strangling that animal yeah maybe she was trying to eat it you know (laughs) maybe she was trying to choke the life out of it and then you know it was a food source you never know what people are going to come up with are are dogs going to exist in hundreds of thousands Mm. or millions of years when danielle's body is finally exhumed i don't know will dogs have evolved to be the archaeologists who are digging up the remains (laughs) it's likely you know my dog digs around for stuff in the backyard all the time. Well, thank you so much for, for helping out Danielle. Yeah, you know, and good luck to you, Danielle. May I know the answer to your fossilization question to see if it actually happens in a couple million years. And now it's the part of our show where we like to acknowledge our sponsors. This week, our show is sponsored by Casper, the online retailer for mattresses. Casper mattresses are American-made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam, to give just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery and returns. It's outrageous comfort at a polite price. So go to casper.com everything to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code EVERYTHING to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? I learned that some uh, university students that are feeling stressed out will spend time with pigs to relax. You know, I'm excited to learn that uh, micro pigs exist. Yeah. I I hope that this means that someday there will be nano pigs. Even and smaller pigs. The size of your pinky nail, but it's a pig. A tiny little pig. And maybe for all animals. Nano cats and dogs. I think, I mean, uh, nano animals would make a trip to the zoo um, so much easier, also so much more dangerous. I would feel terrible if I stepped on an elephant. Yeah, you would. I guess you could sort of pretend you had a nano zoo by just standing really far away from the zoo and looking at it from there. From a distance. Yeah, from an airplane. 
I learned that I could have a precious gemstone in my fossil. You don't see a lot of fossils that are precious gemstones. Like you don't see a lot of rings that are, you know, this is uh, right here is a ruby. That's a person from Pompeii, 30-year-old man from Pompeii, and had him made into a ring. Oh, he went to Jared's and got Jared. That, that was Jared, but he died. How to Do Everything was produced by us. We tried. Technical direction comes from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Jeanette Harris-Courts. It's her last week. Ah. We will miss you, Jeanette. Although, when we've discovered Jeanette's fossilized body later, she'll be Jeanette Harris Quartz. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. And also, if you are about to use your first exclamation point in a month, call in and say it. 1-800-GAGAX5. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.